Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose. Impact is where your unique best self meets the world and contributes to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Yvonne Talley. Yvonne is the author of Breaking Up with Busy and leads meditation and de-stressing programs for corporations, individuals, and private groups in Silicon Valley. An NLP master practitioner, Yvonne co-founded Poised Inc., a Pilates and wellness training studio, and is the founder of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Scarves, a charity that provides headscarves to cancer patients. She lives in Northern California. So welcome to the podcast, Yvonne. I'm delighted to have you here. Oh, I'm delighted to be with you today, Ursula. So I'm really interested in, in why you chose to write this book. Uh, busy is such a, a thing that people are talking about now, and it's so culturally embedded. What was it that drew you to it? I think what I, well, I had a personal experience. Um, I was the, that busy, overscheduled woman that was so that is represents so many women today. You know, I was building a business. I was raising my daughter on my own and I got swept away and completely did not even see my own signs of busyness. I was so busy helping others build and make a vibrant and healthy lifestyle that I missed my own signs. And that was the sleepless nights, the cramped schedules, the always trying to get ahead and be the best and doing it all. And that landed me in the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack when, uh-huh. in fact, I was having a panic attack. Mm. And I thought, if this happened to me, if I brought this into my life, then it must be happening to so many other people. Because here I was, this healthy, organic, positive, you know, organic eating, positive thinking, meditating person. And I missed my own signs. So I had to come up with some solutions. And what was ironic about that is I'd been sharing those techniques and uh, solutions with my clients for well over 20 years, developing it and not not paying attention to myself. (laughs) So I came up with, you know, a way to devise those solutions and practices into and organize them and put them in this book. That's great. And isn't that the funny thing that we we teach the thing that we need most to learn and uh, sometimes it takes a while to catch on. (laughs) Yes, it does. It does. It does make a big impact, though, when we take that time to turn that what we might initially see as a pushback or something that's pulling us down. If we can change our attitude towards it and look at it as way, what is the lesson here and what can I do with this to move forward and how can I how can I share and help and impact other people's lives as well? Yeah. Well, one of the things that you talk about in the book is, um, you know, the benefits of living a more balanced life. And I know there's there's somebody out there who's thinking, well, you know, I, I know that it's, I know that busy is not so good, but I'm getting so much done and I'm getting so much accomplished. And what do you, what are the benefits of really kind of toning down that busyness and, and moving away from being the overscheduled woman, the OSWs, as you talk about in your book? 
Yeah. And the OSW, I think many women have felt like they're an, an overscheduled woman, at least at least once in their life, if not on a daily basis. Sure. And so that overscheduled woman, again, is, you know, you, me, so many of the people that we know, she's that woman that gets it done, that I can attitude that, you know, do your best and keep going and then repeat, repeat, repeat. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to do it all. And it's this idea that having it all, if we have it all, then everything will be just right. And I will feel great. Right. And we know that that doesn't necessarily happen because what <laughs> happened is we have this imbalance between obligation and expectation and the lack of self-care. And that's really where it starts to stack up and affect people's lives. So this idea of, but I'm getting so much done. I love being busy. Well, there's a couple of things that come into that. Busy has the allure that if we're busy, we're like everyone else because now everyone's paying, playing this comparison game thanks to mm-hmm. technology and oversharing. Sure. So if I'm busy, then I not only fit in with the group, but I'm important. Right. It gives that sense of importance. It's a false sense of importance because really what we're, what ends up happening is we just keep piling things on and then we get used to that pace. Then that becomes our juice. And for us to slow down, it feels as though I always called leisure the new lazy. All of a sudden now, if you have time on your hands, you must not be important and you don't have a lot to do. So don't, don't do that. Right. So it's all of these things get layered and set up. And this idea that we're doing so much and getting so much done, not necessarily true. We know that the, the brain, when we talk about multitasking, we know that the brain cannot differentiate between two dissimilar tasks. It just can't. It will, it will task switch, but it won't multitask. And when we try to multitask, Ursula, we end up increasing the amount of errors and mistakes we make. We can, it can also lead to accidents. I have a story for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it can lead to this sense of constant frustration as though we just can't catch up with what we, quote, need to do. And so to balance it, yes, we have things to do. That's not going to change. But we also have to take care of ourselves so we can sustain the relationships, our health and wellness for a lifetime, or at least for the week or the day. <laughs> well, well, tell us about that situation where an accident arose, because I know that I, I'm multitasking. I, I feel so much better when I'm not multitasking. If I do things sequentially, I'm just focused on the one thing. But the tendency is you get pulled into things. And it's really easy to, to lose your focus. Yes. And, oh, you just hit a big one, the focus. So what happens is when we get into the multitasking, first of all, it's a great sales pitch. Multitask. Women are so good at multitasking. Right. <laughs> well, we're good at switching tasks because we have a lot of things that we do and our mind works in that manner. But what happens is we end up not actually experiencing what we're doing. So at the end of the day, we lay down and we think, I don't know what I did today. I feel like I was just on this race, this rat wheel all day long. And I feel like I didn't get anything done Mm. because we didn't have the experience. Our body didn't perceive it. Our mind didn't perceive it, which is a really interesting thing. I think that people, once they're aware of that, they can, they, they have that aha moment where they say, oh yeah, I feel that way too. At the end of the day, I feel like I, all I did was run around and, and try to create things and get things moving. And I don't feel like I got anything done. Well, multitasking does that. So, and it does pull our focus because when we become, um, anxious, stressed, frustrated, 
our prefrontal cortex, the part that does uh, processing, complicated processing, such as uh, logic, reasoning, problem solving, planning, that whole area of our brain, it it doesn't shut down, but it says, I'm taking a break. And that's why you hear people when they say, I just feel like I'm in a fog. Well, that's because that's actually what's happening. So the brain just, it can't function uh, as effectively. So how do we get it to function effectively? We've got to nourish it. We've got to give it a time out. And that's why this breaking up with busy is so important for our health and wellness. And I can't stress enough, it's so important for our relationships as well. Yeah. And important for your impact too. I think that if you're so busy that you're you're trying to do a million things it's very difficult to focus on ways that you can have the most impact ways you can make a difference whether it's in your business or outside of it would you agree with that i would agree 100 percent with that because what happens is i think ursula part of what has happened is we've confused or it's gotten muddled this idea of how to create impact and flashier, bigger, noisier, newer has been confused or muddled with impact because that's not what impact, in my opinion, is about. Impact is when you make a choice and a decision. And I believe it starts with really speaking your own truth and from your heart. What is meaningful to you? Because if you lead with that, and we call it authenticity, if we lead with that, we are truly going to impact others. Why? Because one piece that we cannot ignore is the connection that we have with people on an energetic level. And so it's not just the words that we're using. It's not just the message that we're delivering. It's the energy and the intention within that. Mm -hmm. That's how you make impact. Speak your truth, do your research, and then get out there and share it with as many or with as few as you feel meets what you're trying to do in this world. I love that you just said that. That was a great way of putting it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's so tempting to be drawn into a lot of things when really there's a there's an advantage to focus, for sure. And, the, and what you said about authenticity, I think, is so important, too. Do you think that that busyness thing, we kind of cloud what who we really are, in a sense? Oh, great question. Yes, I do. And let's just, if, if I just, because I've been asked, well, what do you mean by breaking up with busy? So there's 10 signs in the book that talks about maybe some signs that you've got going on in your life that would really speak to uh, the fact that you're over busy. And they really relate to not only what you're doing, but how you're feeling in that moment. So being authentic with oneself within oneself requires us to do some self-examination. Not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody feels that that's an important um, aspect of their life. They are, and, and not everybody, and I find this quite often, feels as though they can give themselves permission that they should be allowed to really explore this part. Mm. And often I hear, well, I'm too busy for that. I've got too much on my plate. You know, it must be nice to have that luxury. We we all have that luxury because that luxury begins with choice. It begins with a choice and a decision to do it. And only we can make that choice. And it doesn't have anything to do with how much money you make, how many children you might be raising, the demands of your career or family. And I always like to, to just plug this into plug this in right here. And that is I was raised by a mother who raised six children on her own, often wow. working two jobs. Wow. The one thing that she shared with us, 
she always had an amazing attitude. We didn't have a lot of money. In fact, we had very little. And she showed us that it's about the relationships, supporting one another, and being kind to each other. And trust me, that's not always easy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But those were values that really stuck with me and that I hope that I am sharing as well. And I want people to know that they deserve to have kindness in their life. They deserve to have compassion in their life. And they deserve to make a choice and a decision to explore their own authentic self so that they can share more of that with others. Because people need that also. We need to connect and we need to share to make impact in life. I absolutely agree. Um, One of the things I know you talked about in the book, you you said stepping, well, just now you said stepping back from being busy is a choice. But one of the things in the book that you talk about is sometimes people don't know what they want. We've we've become so disconnected. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I do. I actually talk about that quite a bit. That's that need want connection. And we get so focused on the want, like I want the bigger house, I want the shiny car, I want this, I want that. And those are things and there's nothing, there's no judgment here. Things are great. I mean, they, the luxuries of life really add, add to our lives in many ways. But what happens is we forget what do we need to get to that want. And when we start to explore that need, typically if we dig underneath that want to the need, it's going to represent something different for us. So the need represents the essentials required to bring that desire or goal to fruition. And um, the need is really what's going to take you to that want. And what you might find out along the way is that that's not really what you want at all. That's covering up something else. Like you talked earlier about authenticity that could be covering up really authentically who you are and what it is that you need and desire in your life to be exactly who you are. So we, we buy things and we bring things into our lives to thinking that that's going to fulfill it. And really, we haven't captured the need of it. What is the bigger, shinier, shinier car, the bigger house really giving us? Is it giving us a sense of security? Okay, wh- we'll talk more about that security. When did in a light time in your life, did you not feel secure? And then we tap back into that. So, and then the bigger question that follows that is not only about what is it you need to get to the want, but what is going to change when you have what you want? And that typically brings up an aha moment because most of the time we get focused on the want and we don't think about how things are going to change for us. And it's really going to usually come back typically to what we're feeling inside. Well, and that question is so important because there are things that I think we do unconsciously of, well, we should want this because everyone else wants it or it's, it's acceptable or, but when you start thinking about what, what's it going to change when you have it, that's a whole different conversation with yourself. It is. And you just touched on something great. And that is that should. And I talk about the traps that we get ourselves into in breaking up with busy. It's these traps of constantly doing, of being the best, of, of keeping up, of saying yes. And the should, they're really built on the shoulds. So I often will say to a client when I'm working with them, let's change that around. You know, I should break up with busy. Now let's replace the should with could. I could break up with busy. Mm-hmm. It releases us from demand and expectation to option and choice. And that's very important. I mean, that one thing, if we just changed how we spoke each day with replacing could with should, or should with could, it would change 
many of our conversations. Yeah, I, I agree. I think language is so important. Yeah. Well, one of the things I really liked about the book is that it's so practical. You give all these uh, refreshers and reminders and, and tools. I, can you talk about a couple of them that you you feel are most important um, and, and how we can implement them if we were wanting to back off from busy? Yes. So yeah, the the, the busy the busy busting solutions are built on practical solutions, and the reset your mindset are built on mindfulness and really let's get in it change as to what the language as you said earlier language is so important the language that we're using with ourselves so those and that goes a little bit deeper into the mindfulness and the spiritual end of it but the practical solutions I think at the core of everything it's about healthy boundaries which is one of the practical solutions. And I always say, if we think of boundaries as uh, the handrails on a stair on a staircase, everyone feels better when they're there. So healthy boundaries are fundamental in, to, in uh, maintaining healthy relationships and personal well-being. So this becomes very important uh, in daily life because, as particularly as women, we are the nurturers, we're the caregivers, and I'm sweet. You know, I'm painting with a uh, with a big brush right now. But that's typically how we're seen. And so we and we experience guilt far more than men do. And all of my 20 plus years of working with clients, I've never heard a male client say, I feel so guilty about going to the golf course. this week." And so I always say, let's work together on this. We can learn from men, take a page out of their playbook and get rid of that guilt and give ourselves permission to set those boundaries because boundaries are not about keeping people out. They're about creating space for oneself, your wellness, your creativity, your imagination, your time. And that is a nurturing way to self-care. So boundaries would be the first thing. And in there, there's an exercise for the boundaries. And it begins with flagging your feelings. So be aware of the feelings, you know, if you're feeling resentful or uncomfortable in a situation or conversation, because it's a conscious way of monitoring your reactions. Because typically when we get emotionally charged up, when we feel as though our boundaries are being infringed upon, that's when we typically will skew the conversation in an overly emotional way. Not just women, men do it. We all do this. So flagging your feelings, yellow flag meaning pause and evaluate, red flag means stop and communicate. So these are just a couple of really practical uh, things that you can do. And then using clear communication and keeping it simple and then being consistent in what you're saying are also another, a few other keys as to how you can continue not only to, to develop those boundaries, but to practice them because this is about practice. You know, we're busy because we've practiced being busy. We get irritated and short-tempered in things that we don't even realize why we're upset about them. It's just because we're frustrated, time-strapped, and feeling as though our boundaries are being infringed upon. So the first step is to really set those good, healthy boundaries. And there's a couple of exercises in the book and practical solutions for doing that. And that uh, setting boundaries is so crucial in business as well. When you're an entrepreneur, there's a lot of pulls on your time. And especially if you have a team, there's the clarity that comes with, with boundaries really lets you get done what you're doing while letting other people do their thing as well. Yeah. And I think consistency is really key in that when I speak with corporations and businesses, this is always what comes up is, well, you know, I can't get anything done because everybody keeps emailing me and texting me. Well, that's going to be up to you to set that organization up within the organization. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if I can always get to the person at the top 
then we can sustain some, uh, develop some policies that will help with that as well. Well, let's say we can't do that in our work, or let's say we're an entrepreneur. And as an entrepreneur, we have, we have a 24 hour clock that just continues to go. And again, my own experience of not only, um, ending up in the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack came from me not setting my own boundaries of not, you know, doing exactly what I just trained my clients to do. I wasn't doing it for myself. So that's going to be key because what is it that we're trying to accomplish, bring into our life? What is it that we're trying to create? So that's called keeping your eye on the big picture. And I always help clients. I always want them to focus on keeping their eye on the big picture. And that will help you to stay out of the minutia that gets in the way, the distractions that can be consistent. And there's always going to be days, times, and afternoons, mornings, uh, whatever it might be, that are going to be busy. I'm not talking about not having a busy life from time to time. I'm talking about getting pulled in to the distractions that create a busy lifestyle, such as technology, such as not putting your keys down in the same place each time. Now, that seems really obvious, but on average, people spend 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, looking for things like their keys, their sunglasses, <laughs> and so on. You know, we, we engage with our phones five hours a day. So th- these have a lot of, re- these uh, play into the fact of why we are so busy. And so being able to have that clear and consistent communication within your business, setting up your own space and organization within your business, and there's several um, tips and practices in the book for doing that, clearing your calendar, coding your calendar with different colors, actually putting into your calendar your space of time, a me meeting is going to give you that break from all the hurry blurry so that you can reignite your prefrontal cortex and start thinking clearly again, go out and take a three minute walk, whatever that might be. There's several easy, practical solutions that you can put into your day that aren't going to require you to make huge sweeping changes that could feel overwhelming and like one more thing that you have to do. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so interested to hear how this book and and these concepts that you're sharing with other people are playing out in your own business. And um I mean this this podcast is primarily for entrepreneurs and other business leaders, so I'm I think um it's really helpful to hear from you around well, now that, now that these practices that you have created, are you, do you find that they have shifted your experience of your business in some way? Oh, 100%. Uh, for me, the big piece for me, Ursula, was to bring the mindfulness piece in because I consider that, a, a not, I consider it two things. It's not only a spiritual connection, it's also a very powerful tool. And we know this now. Um, we know how important this is and what it can do for the health and wellness of us as individuals, but also for companies and corporations as well. So we see a lot of this in the area that I'm right in the the heart of the Silicon Valley. I've got Facebook down the street and Google around the corner almost. So it's, you know, I'm right in the heart of this. And we have found that mindfulness now, because there's so much research to back it up, how powerful can be for not only increasing productivity, but enhancing the experience of the individual. So for me, the mindfulness piece is by far the most powerful piece of all. So we begin our day with a a united meditation, 
uh, my business partner and I myself, and we're very practical in it. We meditate seeing abundance, whatever that abundance might be. It could be financial. It could be happiness. It could be new employees. It could be, you know, anything. So we begin by unifying our, our meditation together. We do it for three minutes. Very powerful. We set a financial goal for obviously not only for the year, the quarter and so on and so forth, but we also set it for a daily basis because we're in the service business and we meditate that as well. So and then we also meditate the, bringing in the power of the, of the source. So for us, that has been incredibly um, just gives you a sense of ease knowing that depending on what your, what your belief system is, ours is that we are all connected, that we are part of the universe, and that we make an impact on everyone by being in charge of our own thoughts and our own attitudes and how we carry that forward. I love that. I've never spoken to anyone who has done that in an intentional way with their business partner. People tend to do that on their own, but what a powerful combination for the two of you to agree and then meditate on that together. That's it's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. It, it, and also I have to say it enhances, uh, we've been, I'm very fortunate. We've been best friends for 30 years and um, we're still best friends after being in business for almost 20. That's so impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I think is so interesting to explore is how the, how, what do you see as the impact that you're having with this book and with your work? I, you know, Ursula, I think the biggest thing that it's really been a surprise because for me, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, the importance of writing this book was taking what I had learned and being able to share it and move it forward out and expand it because I, I, because at the heart of it, I think this is about permission and women, particularly women, many of us feel as though we don't have, we can't give ourselves permission to make time and space to feel as though we matter in a way that we should be able to enjoy or we could enjoy our lives in a way that is meaningful just to us. And I talk about, you know, even when we're organizing our calendar, we have the musts, and those are the things that we have to do every day. We spend about 14 hours a day on the musts. Those are all the things that makes the day go. And then we have the wants, and those are the things that we aspire to or that we would like or desire to bring into our lives. But what we forgot, and, and when we, by the way, when we put that into our calendar and it becomes a concrete, we start to focus our energy on that. When we start to focus our energy, we focus our thoughts. We can do a mindful meditation, one to three minutes, and I guarantee it'll bring it more into your life. And you'll start to look for the signs and the signals and the opportunities to make those desires be. But what about the one piece that we always forget? And that is, or we don't allow ourselves the permission, and that is the just because. Mm -hmm. And here's the self-nurturing. Here's the moments in the day where we truly enhance our ability to communicate with ourselves and for the people in our lives that are meaningful and that we love and that we share the majority of our lives, our deep relationships with. It's incredibly powerful to be on the phone with your best friend and laugh. You get a great hit of dopamine, <laughs> oxytocin, right. and you gaze into the eyes of someone that you love. You stimulate those, uh, that, those hormones as well. And this is extremely good for the sense of well-being, for your health, for your immune system. These simple, quick, tiny moments in the day can change everything that you feel. Mm. 
It's so true. I'm, uh, I'm so intrigued by what led you to this, this work that you're doing now, because it's really a, um, at first glance, it can appear like a mixture of things, but there's a thread of connection between all the elements of it. Um, your, your wellness business and the book and, and other aspects. What, what's the common thread for you in all of that? I want people to feel better so they can bring their best work into this world and expand it out and to feel better, to mm-hmm. give themselves permission to really embrace their life. Because when we do that, that's how we make an impact. You know, there's some people that are going to make huge impacts in this world, but that is built upon all of the other choices and decisions and attitudes that we bring. So because, and I believe that because I believe we're all connected. So the person that we might see making huge impacts, they are also built up and brought forward by the decisions and choices of others. And this is how we make an impact. And that goes back. That's what leads my work. And that is speak from the heart, be true with your heart, listen to your heart, and then follow from that forward. And that might sound really fluffy to somebody who's in the trenches at work and at home. But I I want them to know that they too have their best work in this world. They too have their best offerings of who they are, of what they can share. People look to them. They influence others. No matter who you are, you influence others in your life. Mm -hmm. So don't sell yourself short. You too make an impact. And by being true to your heart and working from that center forward and out, you're going to make an impact. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The tagline for my business is you matter what you do matters. And I think what you spoke about in terms of us being all connected and that we together is how we create impact is so true. And, and I also think that something else you said around, you know, the things that you value, what are the being at the, the heart or the basis of impact? I completely agree with that too. I, what are the things that, that, what do you value the most? In my work or in my life in general? Are we talking about what, as well, far as? Are, are they different? I'm guessing, I, I'm guessing not. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Um, relationships, I value probably more than anything, how I am caring for myself, because that's important. We have to begin there. Because if you don't feel filled up, if you don't feel nurtured and loved, and I'm talking about it from a self standpoint, if you're not doing things in your day that are bringing you, uh, you know, joy and happiness and pleasure. And again, pleasure is something that we all can bring and fun fun. Let's not forget <laughs> you can have it. I remember my mother coming home after a 10 hour workday, making dinner for all of us and spontaneously doing a tap dance in the middle of the kitchen. We all got involved with it. It was fun <laughs> playing hide great. and seek on a rainy night. It was fun. Yeah. Um, so we can, we can create those small moments, but what I value most are the relationships. And I am very, um, uh, aware and committed to treating others, and it goes back to what we've always learned, treating others as as I want to be treated myself, and nurturing and providing and sharing what I can, and helping those that are coming up from behind me that I'm influencing to find them best their best selves, but also to balance that with knowing that they deserve 
to care for themselves. Mm -hmm. So the relationships, that's what I value the most. Mm -hmm. Business, personal, even the person on the street. You know, I always talk about doing random acts of kindness. I love, I love when it's spontaneous, paying for the person behind you on the bridge toll, buying the person, you know, third in line or at the end of the line, a cup of coffee. I mean, simple things, smiling at somebody that's not used to being smiled at. Mm-hmm. Important. Yes, it absolutely is. I, I wonder if once you're creating this more open space, I think people can feel a little lost around that because we're not used to it. We're used to being busy all the time. And I wonder what in your business, what you find to be the best use of your time as your business has evolved. Well, I'm very fortunate in that I'm in a business and I set it up this way that I, that people feel better when they're, when they're done spending time with me. So I'm really <laughs> fortunate in that aspect. Um, busyness, this, this idea of busyness, we get used to that pace. Mm-hmm. So as you said, people can get lost in that. They feel as though they feel as though they're cheating the game, so to speak, mm-hmm. because they're used to it. And many times when I have people come into my meditation classes for the first time at the, after it's over, they'll come up to me and say, I fell asleep. I just, I'm so tired now. And I'll say to them, you're relaxed and your body and your mind forgot what that felt like. (laughs) So remember that for people that are making these shifts or that they're, they've decided that, you know, that they're, they are experiencing a compromised immune system they're having conflict in their relationships they're not uh they're not progressing in their lives in a way that they'd like to and they're not having the sense and the and the value of who they are that's those are signs of being over busy over scheduled and overwhelmed so this is really a time to create space and and creating space i had this conversation the other day in an interview and creating space really is about again going back and setting those boundaries ursula so Set those boundaries and just know that it's going to feel unusual. It's going to feel unfamiliar. And that's true with anything that we're doing that's new or different. When we make a shift, it's going to feel uncomfortable or it could feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel different one way or another. And it's okay. It's part of the process. So if they're aware of that, that it's part of the process, again, keep your big picture in mind. Why am I doing this? How is it important to me? What value is in it is in it for me? Why is this change? What is it that I value that I want to bring into my life that is not here now? And know that you can do that. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, Yvonne, there's um, something that I, I kind of wrap up these interviews with is a rapid round of three questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> so the first one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned personally about having impact? Well, I think I'm still learning that. Uh, but I think, again, what I have learned about making impact is that if you focus on making impact, you're probably not going to. You've mm. got to focus your energy and intentions and attention, again, speaking from your heart, working from your heart, putting that into an organized, practical, and then everything will flow from that. And that's how you make impact. That's the biggest thing that I've learned. For instance, when I wrote this, when I wrote this book, 
the, my big picture said, I, I want I don't want anyone else. This is what I didn't want. I don't want anyone else to feel the way that I, that I, that I felt that day in that hospital. Mm. Well, that wasn't going to sustain me. What sustained me is how do I want people to feel? Right. How do I want to feel? And those two should connect. That's how you make impact. Mm. That's the big thing I've learned. Great. So the second question is, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? Meditation. Uh -huh. 100%. Powerful, consistent, connects me with not only the, the, the greater source, whatever you might call it, uh, but it always, always I have a sense that I'm going to be guided, that I'm going to be supported, and that I can be and do what I'm meant to do in this lifetime. Hmm. That is great. I've never heard such a, such a succinct answer to that question. That's great. And, and the last one, what's one piece of advice or insight that you'd share with another business owner saying, I want to have impact. I want to make a contribution. And how, what would you say to them? I would say build the relationships with the people that work for you. You know, the people that, that work for, well, I don't, I can't, I have a hard time even saying for me, the people that I, that I employ, um, are, they know that, that they're going to have an honest conversation with me. They know that I really truly value them. I look them in the eye when we have a conversation. I know who they're married to. I know, I, I know the things about them that are important so treat them like people. So again, it goes back to relationships, right? But the most important thing in growing a business is to make time for those people. Now, if you've got 10,000 employees, I, that's real unrealistic. I know that you can't make time for every single one of them. However, you can lead your business with the culture of creating that. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing that with your inner circle and your executive team and those branches, filter out and expand out. That's how, again, how you make impact one step at a time, lead by example, be true to who you are and everything else will follow, including the individuals that you work with. That's great. Well, Yvonne, you've shared so much today. I, there's a number of things that really stand out in my mind around what's the question of what's going to change when you have what you want and it was a really crucial one. And the fact that your book is so, uh, practically oriented in terms of giving people's to people tools. Um, I think that people's ability to have more impact and, and do that with authenticity is really going to be enhanced by following the things that you've written about in your book. So thank you so much for being here and for, uh, for being willing to talk about that so openly. Oh, it's my pleasure, Ursula. Thank you. So if people want to get in touch with you and also want a copy of your book, how do they best do those things? Oh, I'd love to hear from anyone and everyone. <laughs> My <laughs> website is com, and that's Y-V-O-N-N-E-T-A-L-L-Y.com. All the information is there. They can get my book there, uh, be led to where to get my book there. And it's available at all bookstores and online as well. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you again, Yvonne. I so appreciate the work you're doing in the world and appreciate you being here. Uh -huh. I appreciate everything as well to you, uh, Ursula. So thank you. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. 
You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.